It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, October 3rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is focusing on the veterans who scored those goals last night in the win versus Boston. Yeah, that's fair to focus on the positives. Yeah, we are going to do that. Plus, we'll have our first look at Phantoms Camp for our first Phantoms Tuesday of the season, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. And as a show, we are at Locked On Flyers pretty much anywhere you're gonna look. So check us out there. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, lo, there was much rejoicing as John Tortorella has returned to the bench. Yes, he found his way to the bench. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very glad to see, uh, at least for these last two uh, preseason games, that he was indeed behind the bench. So that was very good to see in that game. Uh, Just some more news out of camp. It was good to see J.R. Avon was back practicing Mm -hmm. on the ice. Uh, You know, he was obviously on his own away from the main camp, but still... Um, just getting on his skates again is good to hear after that MCL sprain. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we all thought he would be back uh, sooner than you know than later, and he is. You know, he'll go back. Um, he'll eventually get his time with the Phantoms. So it's good. I like the fact that at least he could still skate with the guys because of the missed time. And right. you know, he'll he'll at least he'll be, he'll be a little behind, but not terribly. Yeah, I think that's all a good sign. Uh, Based on what the Flyers have done so far at training camp with the timing of their roster cuts, I was poised and ready for them to make some more cuts yesterday afternoon prior to the game. Made a little list of all the guys not in the lineup or projected to not be in the lineup and was like, who are they going to send down? And I have to say, I was right about every single one of them except for Ali Lixel and Victor Mate for very different reasons. Okay, and that's fair, but I think this was fairly predictable. I do. I mean, we even talked about it a few shows ago that the battles are few and they'll go down to the wire, these couple of battles. And so I, you know, nothing has shocked me. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't shocking. I was just wrong on a couple of things. I thought the way they've been talking about Victor Mate, I thought they might let him stick around for one more round and then send him down. And I figured Ali Luxo would get sent down. But again, I just thought that they would give him one more shot in a preseason game, which they did not. And it's understandable, given the battles that they do have at hand and who's really stepped it up, uh, which we'll talk about. But still, you know. 
would have liked to seen him get one more game. Yeah, I get it. I, I would too, but it just wasn't in the cards. But uh, uh, other than that, uh, we had that game last night versus Boston. And, you know, if you looked at those lineups and, and the rosters on paper, the Flyers were obviously the much better team, right? Yeah. Where it was kind of the reverse of what happened when the Flyers were in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like the Flyers started off really strong, but uh, when they kind of let up a little bit in the first period, I was a little nervous, I gotta say. Yeah, sure. They they did dip a little, um, but they did get it back. I mean, look, they did. the Bruins didn't generate many shots, and we can no. give Flyers a little bit of credit for that, but they're missing some of their big cogs, like three of them. So yeah. I, I get that. Uh, really, four going to come Grizzly, too, but that's fine. Uh, they did what they needed to do. Uh, there were some good singular things going on. But I have to tell you, like, again, this is where I sort of differ from maybe the broadcast. Like, I, I understand that Brink has created some offense here. Uh, nothing went on the board tonight. From what I saw, the shots were mostly on the power play. And, and even the creativity, a lot of it, mostly on the power play. And, again, I wish somebody would work with him because – the minute he gets a shot or a pass off, he never he never generates anything else. And I don't know how he's going to do at the NHL like that. That's why I really feel like he needs to go down. Just because I don't want to see him at the NHL level when I know there's more to his game that needs to occur. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. I, I just don't think that th- they're going to think that way. And I think the the other problem is that not a ton of other guys have stepped it up in the way that he has. And that's fair in in their eyes. And so it's just a numbers game and saying, well, if nobody else is going to step it up, we'll give Bobby Brink the slot. Now I'm not saying that's definitely happening, but I can see that thought process occurring. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, they pointed out it's between like Allison and, and uh, Brink and who else? There's one other um, Tyson Forrester. Tyson Forrester. Thank you. And, you know, and Forster, again, really not much of a game there. I think he's lost a little confidence, and I do think it's better for him to start in the AHL. So either way, I think I think because of the experience, you're better off going with Allison because I think when you want Brink to be up there, I think you want him to be scoring all the way through. And he, I can tell you the way he's going with this, he's going to have long stretches without scoring. I could see it. And I don't want that to happen to him. That's my problem because, again, If he wants his veteran lineup, he could just patch in Hathaway on the third line if he wants, like he can. Yeah, I I suppose he could. I just think that um, at this point, it's not in Tyson Forcer's best interest to go back to the AHL. I think that it's I think it is better. I think it's it's better for him from a confidence perspective. I, I think that getting sent back down would be a real tough blow for him. No, but if you listen to like. Marty St. Louis the other day, and he was talking about one of his guys sending them to the AHLs to wait for him to get his confidence back because he'll score goals there. He's not scoring anything right now. Yeah, I mean, I I see both sides of it. I just think that ultimately with him and the way he reacts to things, 
I think that it's best for him to stay up with the Flyers. I, d- I don't know that that's going to happen. And I don't know that it's the worst thing ever if he gets sent down. But I, I just think he needs to be like, no, you're a part of this team. Like he needs to know that. And then he can go from there. I mean, on, on one of the last power plays in that game, I noticed that, you know, where he was set up, he was expecting the puck and he really didn't do much else. That's not going to work at the NHL level. It's just not. Well, and that's what's interesting if you look at Brink versus Forrester here, because at, at you know a certain point in the game, they moved Brink up into right. the top power play unit and moved Forrester into the second unit, and they moved they switched them lines. Right. Now, wh- whether that was planned or not is a question. I think but it's an in-game adjustment. I do. Yeah, it, it felt like an in-game adjustment, and it felt like the right thing to do. Um, at the time. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, unfortunately, overall, the power play still is the Flyers power play, right? Yeah, the movement's good. Again, and Cam York at least got a couple of shots through. But the problem is, when you have a guy at the point, you don't want him to be so quick to pass the puck, because then you see what happens. Like if he passes the puck too quickly, and all of a sudden, they're just passing the puck around. It's nice to say, hey, it's got good movement. Great. But at the you know at some point somebody's got to get a shot on net and try and create a rebound and i just feel like there were too many times where and york's a great passer but he i still don't think he has great confidence in the shot yeah well i think that is a great talking point about the power play i want to talk more about it and about that top unit which will help us talk more about the veteran guys uh, and how they performed in this game and we will do that coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the game time app is that it's great for getting notified about last minute tickets and flash deals. Plus you can get that all important view from your seat. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less elsewhere, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Also, the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress on game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On the Wednesday show, we'll be talking more about what we want to see and the outstanding questions we have for that last preseason game. Plus, we'll answer your mailbag questions, so get them in. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail. You can send us a DM on the app formerly known as Twitter, or comment over on YouTube. So Russ, talking about that power play and and how the veterans were playing, that first uh, power play unit really is still struggling so far. And I think that when you're looking at Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson right now, um, you can look at their play individually, but they were out there together on that top unit, which I think... Ultimately, that's what you want, right? 
But I think right now it's kind of a catch 22 putting them out there together because they're still kind of getting their games back. And so I think that inherently, especially with the timing that's required on a power play, maybe it wasn't like the best thing to do for right now. But again, you want them getting comfortable playing with each other on that power play unit for the future. So like, how do you handle that? Yeah. It's a, I think for preseason, it was fine to handle it that way. And I think they're going to realize what you said. Yeah. And they're good. Yeah. We'll have to make that adjustment and that's fine. You know, I just was looking at Cam York's night and he had three shots. And if you're a point guy, you got to get more than three shots going. Like you just do it on four power plays. Like they were all for four. When you're the top power play guy, you got to get more than that. You have to generate more than that. And and I, I, you know, I hope that they would focus on that with him because they don't have a lot of options at that top point spot. And look, they do have some veterans that definitely could score on the power play, like Konechny and Atkinson. And Couturier, when he eventually gets it going, at least, you know, Atkinson looked really good. So that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, you can now say, all right, you can count on him a little bit on, on the power play. I can't count Couturier yet. Because he really does not look like himself, I have to be honest. Yeah, other than faceoffs, right? And I think that that's really the main thing right here when you're looking at Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson, and, and they're getting back into the game. Cam Atkinson definitely looks a lot better than yes. Sean Couturier at this point. Um, I think the broadcast had it spot on the way that they were talking about Cam Atkinson in this game. Now, I wouldn't. Um, go overboard but at the same time I do think he looks really confident out there um, and he looks like he's really comfortable doing what he does best yeah and I think that's fair and I think based on that you keep him on the top power play but you do have to figure figure out some things because you can't I mean I don't know how to stress it you can't go through another season with this coaching staff and the power play being bad like you just can't because again, if it's bad for another season, Danny Breer has to look at things and say, okay, there, there needs to be some changes here. And, you know, that might mean changing some coaches too. And I'm not talking about John, but I'm talking about some of the other coaches because you have enough to have a decent power play. Right now, yes. there's enough players on the ice, especially tonight with the matchups that they had. And Swayman's a good goalie, but otherwise, defensively, they had some easy matchups there other than Hampus Lindholm out there. And... You know, they had a couple of good shots here and there, but they just couldn't put it in. And at the end of the day, they needed to do that. Yeah. And I, I was trying to think about it because I was watching Travis Konechny for a while. Mm-hmm. First of all, very glad to see him get on the board Yeah. Um, in, in this one. Very important, I think, for his game to have a preseason goal just to feel confident going into the regular season that he can put one in the net. Right. Because we know he can get yes. a little in his own head about oh, yeah. it. And no, 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 it's good you know, that he got on the board. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was really important. But I think in terms of the power play, I don't think his timing was quite 100 percent there. And no. the positioning was was as good as it could have been on the that top power play unit. And so I'm hoping these guys, again, just get more comfortable as we get into the regular season and they get, or they, and they step it up because it is in fact real games when we get to the regular season um, and there's just like an extra level of play. And, and so, you know, thinking about all these veteran guys that are going to have to do that and carry this team, Travis Konechny is near the top of that list, right? Yeah, I, I do think the um, the refs are putting him on notice, though he tried to 
almost, you know, dive for lack of a better term, faking that he had gotten hit in the face and they were just looking at him like, that's not going to work this year. So he, no. uh, not without any blood. So that was interesting to see because that is part of his game. So he's going to have to get more inventive with that. Uh, we should say Morgan Frost had a really good game. Oh, and, yes. And and actually, there was a pretty telling thing in this game. Morgan Frost really has taken over the 2C spot because Cates was 0 for 8 on faceoffs, and they basically stopped using them. Like that, it just, yeah. seemed, you know, and that it was a bad night for Noah Cates. A bad night. Took a, took a bad penalty. This is where I think the rubber is sort of meeting the road for him because we always talked about it. He was never going to really be a 2C in this league. And now just maintaining as a 3C, he's going to, he's going to have some struggles this year. There's no question because he's still a, you know, a young player NHL wise. And I was going to mention Morgan Frost in the sense that he has just seemed to be this reliable player this preseason that he's good for some playmaking. He's good for some back checking and defensive play. He's his game is just blossoming right now. And again, he's not an elite player, so he's never going to be super flashy, but he's doing his job and he's doing it well. And I think that is a really good thing for him and for the Flyers. Yeah. I mean, Joel Farabee looks pretty good. I don't think he's back to being Joel Farabee of a couple of years ago yet. And we have to be honest, we don't know how long that'll take. So, but he's better than he was at least at the start of last year. So that's a plus for this team. Uh, Adder had a good game. I mean, that was a really good game. I don't think he has a chance of making the team only because they're stacked with guys. But if he had another good game like this, you know my feeling. I, I would put Adder in the lineup and sit one of those other guys. Even if I have to, you know, carry seven defensemen and say, sorry, forwards, you guys aren't making it. I just feel like their their prospect defensemen, and Zamula included, who, who had a pretty good game too. I mean, that puck that went through his legs, like a lot of players get that happening. It too. would happen. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to say. But I, I think he had a pretty good game. And to be honest, their defensive prospects, I feel like, should have had a better chance to to crack this lineup. But, you know, the roster is what the roster is. But it's not like they're playing bad. They're not. Yinning's playing well, too. He's just, he you know, he's just not going to, It's a, again, it is a numbers game. And, and none of these guys are going to make it. And Zamula is going to get some time because of his contract because they know he's too good to put down because somebody, you know, to send down and someone's going to take him. So they're in that spot. And that really does hurt the other young defensemen. So they're going to have to go back. Yeah, Jenning and Adderd are going to be the top pairing for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, yeah. like no question uh, here. And, and they're good. I, I think that's, yeah, they're great. And I think that's a good thing for the Phantoms. Uh, you is. know, We'll see how that affects their development and their chances with the Flyers, but certainly a good thing for the Phantoms, which we'll uh, start talking about them in the next segment. But I, I do like, again, we saw another night of this Zamula-Sanheim pairing, and I really like it. It was I good. I think that. It's good for Zamula, first off. I think Sanheim is doing a really good job mm-hmm. uh, working with Zamula. Um, we saw it again. We saw Zamula step up a little bit. We saw him really good on the perimeter, and Sanheim was there for support. And I think their yeah. their dynamic is just uh, something I think we can really look forward to here. It's good. Like I said, I'd like to see more offense out of Travis, but the defensive part looks good and the skating looks great. So he is able definitely to stronger on the puck, definitely stronger on the puck. That's noticeable. And those things are good. 
But again, the Flyers are going to need some offense on their blue line. Like they're just, you know, they've lost some and they got to get it back. I mean, they've lost a lot. If you really want to, like, we don't want to talk about Tony D'Angelo too much, but he still had 40 points. You may not want to talk about Ivan Provorov, but he still had points. These points have to get made up somewhere. Yeah, and I think that's where these vets have got to step it up from a scoring right. perspective. And but the problem you know, is, Paul Sealer, like these guys are not known for getting points. They are not. Although Nick Sealer's good for a few. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, that is not gonna cut it. At least it's it's fun when he scores because he's sure. such a, a a bright guy. And, yeah, he's a fun guy. He's fun. Way. Yeah, he's super fun out there when he gets points on the board. It's always a good day. But uh, yeah, I do think that that's going to be what's interesting, especially because I think those are the more difficult decisions here in terms of who the defensemen are going to be on this team and what the pairings are going to be. Tortorella still doesn't know. Um, You know, he's been asked about it multiple times and uh, they just don't know yet. So um, we'll we'll see how that goes. We know for the first couple of games of the season, they sort of did this last year and I think it's, it's going to happen again. Uh, and look, I mean, Urson's won the job. Like, we don't have to talk about the other guys. They're fine. Um, but he's won the job. Now it's just a matter of if they're going to carry three goalies or not. Yeah, I think that is the big question here. All right. Well, we are going to switch gears and have our first Phantoms Tuesday segment talking about their training camp that got going coming up next. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. So uh, Phantoms Camp started this past Sunday, and there were 23 players there on day one. Of course, we'll have those additional guys joining that uh, we talked about earlier in the show. And I think that for the Phantoms, this is a really important year for them. I think that they made the playoffs this past season. And, you know, as we've been talking about this whole time, they're going to have some of the top flyers prospects down there just because there isn't room for them on the flyers. And I I really think that does increase expectations for them this season. It's going to increase expectations. Like from a name perspective, the team's better than last year, but again, look, if we go with hardened facts of guys making it to the NHL for a cup of coffee or for like a hundred games, even some of these names of top prospects of Flyers guys aren't going to make it like they're just not right. And so this year I feel is going to be the year that they're going to weed some of them out. And I don't expect it to be Elliot Denoye, but it could be Elliot Denoye. Like it just, it happens. Sometimes prospects fall off. And so you have to see how that's going to work. So there is going to be a lot of pressure on the guys that got some NHL time for sure. And then there's going to be pressure, like let's just say if Brink is in the AHL, there'll be pressure for him to be one of the top two or three scorers, which I think 
is reasonable. Same with Forster. If he gets sent down, he's going to be expected to do that. So, like, that's just the way it is. I think we – and look, Grands did nothing wrong. I, like I told you, I think right. you could plug him in the NHL and he's fine. Um, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. Right now, that's where they want him. No problem. Um, Zamolik, I don't think, has a chance of playing in the NHL this year. We know Millman doesn't. And I don't mean that disparagingly. It's just he's never going to get a chance. So really, you know, right now the guys that are there as of Sunday, Grands is that the best. And there'll be one or two more joining him, probably two more. And so, you know, that's half their defense core. So that's so that's good. That's that's a good defense core. The other guys are good complementary players. And so I, I do like the look of that. If for some reason let's say Brink and Forster would have stay up with the Flyers, then this team's going to have a scoring problem. They could. I, I do also think that Denoye should have something to prove and should mm-hmm. start putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we haven't seen Gendron. I think he could be really successful at the AHL level. And I think Zade Wisdom also has something to prove. And I expect him mm-hmm. to really shine this season down there. Uh, so. I do think they there'll be a more of a scoring by committee with the Phantoms yeah. this year than maybe there was last year. You know, obviously Artem and Isimov isn't there, pot and goals right and left either. So they're going to have to get it from throughout the lineup. And uh, you would hope that the more prospect heavy side of the lineup would be, you know, getting two thirds of these points right that's kind yes. of what the balance i want is like proper prospects getting two-thirds of the points and ahlers getting one third of the points except yeah. for maybe somebody like garrett wilson who can just pot goals at the hl level too yeah but like samson could have a really good season and i think yeah Ethan samson pretty good as a rookie but we don't know when he's going to get in there but the other thing with call-ups is and i have to mention it now um because we had been talking about this in the press box if the Flyers are missing one of their tough guys and they're going into a place that they feel like there's going to be a fight or something, Jordy Bellarive could get called up just for those kinds of circumstances, which kind of stinks for the young guys because he, he might end up being that first guy up because of that kind of situation. And, you know, I don't love that. I don't love that either. Uh, maybe like against an Islanders team. Yeah. Yeah, is kind of the situation where that might happen. Yep. If it's for one game or two games, I'm not gonna get right. upset about it. If it's for more than that, that's when I have a problem, right? Right. But you you can see where that's gonna happen, or could um, it could happen? Yeah, it could happen because it did happen last year. Yeah, like Bellarive did get a call up last year, and you know, obviously, nice guy works yeah. super hard, so. Um, it's not like it's undeserved in a lot of ways. It's just maybe not the best of circumstances for the Flyers overall. Right. I just think the Flyers fight too much. Like, that's just my feeling. I, I would like to see them turn the corner and do a little less fighting. I don't care if they're physical. Be as physical as you want. But I, I would mm-hmm. like to see them be more of a skilled team. And they're, they're kind of heading that way, but really slowly. Like they're kind of slowly heading that way. Their their lineup still, like we know, with some of the young guys that they have, they could have a more skilled lineup to start the season than what they're going to go with. Yeah, absolutely. 
So for the Phantoms, uh, they have their first preseason game tonight against Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Then they've got two games this weekend, uh, again against Wilkes-Barre Scranton on Saturday and then against Hershey on Sunday. So that'll be, especially these uh, upcoming games on the weekend, those will be a really good chance to see what the Phantoms roster could be looking like as well this season. That will do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening on tomorrow's show. Like I said, we're going to focus in on those outstanding roster questions. Plus we'll have your questions on the show. So get those mailbag questions into us again, comment over on YouTube, email us at lockdownflyers at Gmail, or send us a message over on Twitter. I am Rachel. I'm on the app formerly known as Twitter at our Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russell at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day.